Let's open our Bibles, Matthew chapter 7. Please do continue to pray for Alex. He's had his share of uh, ups and downs, you might say, and he needs prayer. But God is working. I believe God is at work in Alex's life down there in South Carolina in the uh, U-Turn for Christ uh, drug and alcohol uh, program. A little bit of review of last time. Man, I am so worried. <laughs> just want to see if you were here. This state of anxiety and distress, I just can't get out of it. It's overwhelming me. It's unreasonable. It's grabbing me by the throat and snarling at my throat. You know what I'm talking about, right? What am I talking about? Worry. This, Jesus talked about worry, and, you know, it's, he said, do not worry, but he said to trust in our Father in heaven. You know, it affects our lives in so many ways. Worry does. We're worried about everything, and, and uh, it just takes the joy right out of life, doesn't it? It wears us out. It chokes God's word in our lives, uh, Jesus said. And it doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't do any good. It doesn't make us any taller. It doesn't make us live any longer. But Jesus said, seek first his kingdom, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things. All these things, he says, will be given to you as well. We seek first the kingdom of God. If we put God first in our lives, he's going to take care of all that stuff, all those other things that we need. And, and they're all important. But you remember, 40% of the things we worry about don't happen, won't happen. 30% have already happened, so why worry? 22% are beyond our control. That only leaves like 8%. So if you can cut your worry factor down by 92%, you're going to be doing okay. Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I get phone calls or, or people talk to me and say, you know, Seven months from now, this is going to happen. And I go, like, seven months? How about, like, seven days? How about seven minutes from now? I don't know what's going to happen in seven months. You know, you need to calm down a little bit. And, and yet we, we get ourselves so worked up, and, and yet we have to say, you know what? Today, let's just take care of today. Let's live today. Let's trust God. Let's do everything we can to trust God today. And cast all our cares and all of our worries on Him because He cares for us. Now we're going to finish, um, actually we're going to start chapter 7 today. We're going to look at the first six verses speaking about judging, this idea about judging. And the question is, do we judge other people? Should we ever judge? Should we speak up? Should we never speak up? The question is, how should we do it? And, and I think a bigger question is, are we prepared to examine our own lives as well? Are we just going to see everybody else's lives and all their problems and all their sins and faults and failures and never have a look at our own? We're going to see what Jesus says. Let's read, read the passage, verse 1. He says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? It says, you hypocrite, first 
take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Do not judge, he says. First thing we see there in those verses. Do not judge. And, and I think ultimately what we're talking about here is to stand in judgment over somebody else, over another. To stand in judgment over them. To condemn. To be judgmental. To be this hypercritical kind of person. And what it does, it, it kind of puts us in a superior position. When we're just, you know, cutting people down and we're, we're, we're pointing out everything negative and bad and, and ugly about them so that makes us kind of look better, doesn't it? He says, don't do that. He said, this judgmental attitude is not good. And we really should never judge in that way. We really have no right to judge that way. We really have no right, and he uses the word a few times in here, to pass judgment or excuse me, in another passage we'll look at in a minute, about passing judgment. We have no right to do that. Who has the right to do that? God alone has the right to pass judgment. He says that when you do that, he says you too will be judged. It's going to come right back at us. When we have that kind of a, a judgmental attitude, you know the saying, when you point your finger at somebody, you've got four pointing right back at you, and that's, that's true. The way we treat other people is in the kind of the context of the golden rule. How do we treat other people? Well, that's how we're going to be treated. It comes back to us. It's like the, you know, what's that thing you throw up in the sky and it comes a boomerang. It comes right back to you. But I want to say this, and we have to understand and look at, and, and look at the context of the whole Bible. This is not a blanket statement. The NIV study Bible says this is not a blanket statement against critical thinking. It doesn't mean that we can never be discerning and make decisions and, and, you know, evaluate things. And we'll see about that. It may be, some people think this may be the most misquoted Bible in, uh, verse in the Bible. Why is that? Because, because people come to you and, you and you'll say something, anything, and they'll say, you, you know, the Bible says, do not judge or you'll be judged. And so, you know, they say, well, you can't say anything to me. One... Uh, Bible teacher by the name of David Guzik says this, the people who, most of the people who quote this verse don't understand what Jesus said. They seem to think or hope that Jesus commanded a universal acceptance of any lifestyle or teaching. That, you know, don't judge means, you know, anything goes. Don't ever say anything about anything. Well, that's not what he's saying. When you look at the context, even later in, the, in this very same chapter, he talks about watch out for what? False prophets in verse 15. You've got to watch out. You've got to be on guard. You've got to look uh, 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 and examine how people live and, and also what teaching is there. Another commentator said this, Jesus is not teaching that we are to be undiscerning Christians. He never intended that we abandon our critical faculty or discernment. And the New Testament has many illustrations of legitimate judgment of the condition, the conduct, or the teaching of others. The condition, the conduct, or teaching of others. There's time when we have to discern. We have to. And, and, but we'll see at the end of this is the reason why we do these things. 
And, and also how we do them is very, very crucial, very, very important. To just make judgment and pass judgment and, and slam other people, what good is that going to do? That's, that's what Jesus is talking about here. How? Look at verse 2. He says, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In the same way you do it, that's how you do it. How you treat other people. How we you know, look at them. If we're unkind, if we're critical, if we're you know, this constant fault-finding kind of uh, you know, speech, it's going to come back to us. If that's, a, if that's how we treat our, the people that are closest to us, spouses or children or co-workers or whatever, that's what's going to come back to us. But he says, you know, in, in, the, in the context of the Bible, you know, that we need to be loving, we need to be truthful, speak the truth in love. And, and then, you know, with a good dose of humility, not superiority, not that I'm better than you. And we'll see one of the, one of the things that when we, when we look at other people, it, there, there's a kind of a reflection of ourselves. There's something that we see in them that we actually find in ourselves. He says, measure, he says there, measure, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It's going to come back to you. I think an important thing to point out in this is that we need to measure ourselves by the same standard, because that's what's going to happen in the end anyways. We judge other people by a different standard than we judge ourselves. But we need to judge ourselves by the same standard, and we need to judge ourselves first. Someone said this, we tend to see in others what we're blind to in ourselves. Ultimately, we're going to all stand before God. Ultimately, God is the judge and he, is, he alone is, is able to pass judgment. I want you to turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 2. We're going to look at a couple of passages in the book of Romans. So that's ahead about uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Chapter 2 and verse 1 says there, <clears throat> You therefore have, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge the other, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. God has the truth. He's the only perfect judge. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, His tolerance and patience, not realizing that, that God's kindness leads you towards repentance? Even God as the judge, He still gives kindness to people. But so many times, that's not the way we are about other people. We, we just pass judgment on them. and We make all these you know, uh, decisions about what they are and who they are, and we really don't know all the truth. And God himself does it with mercy and with grace. Look at Romans chapter 14. Turn ahead to Romans chapter 14 and verse 10. He says, You then... Why do you judge your brother? Why do you look down on your brother? 
Again, it's this, it's this position of superiority that we, put, we, that we put ourselves in to be over somebody else because, you know, there, look at them, look at that, look at that guy. He says, but, but he says here in Romans, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. We will all stand before God's judgment seat. Every one of us are going to stand there. That kind of puts it in a different light. When we think about other people, when we look at other people's lives, we need to understand, you know, what we are in the same boat, ultimately. We're all going to stand before God one day and answer to Him for everything that we have done. If we have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, all of our sins will be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, just as theirs will be if they are believers as well. So it gets down to this, really, how we treat one another. Do we have this kind of, you know, superior attitude? We're so much better than they are. Or do we understand, you know, what they're human and they're, you know, yeah, there might be a, a, a time we need to talk to them, but, but how do we do that? How do we approach someone? How do we think about, you know, how we're going to talk to them? So much easier just to, just to throw things out or even talk about them behind their backs which we don't really like people to talk about, uh, you know, behind our backs about us, but, but yet we do it all the time. Let's, let's turn back to Matthew chapter 7 and look at verse 3 through 5 again. I kind of like these verses myself. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? And pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is a figure of speech. Does anybody know what it's called? Hyperbole. That's right. Amazing. It's a figure of speech and basically what it is, it's exaggeration. Jesus didn't really think, exaggeration for emphasis, Jesus didn't really think there was somebody walking around with a plank sticking out of his eye. But, but you can picture, those of you who had imagination, you can picture a little you know, speck in someone's eye and then the other guy walking around with a big giant plank coming out of his eye. Can you picture that? Can any of you picture that? You say, no, no, no. But some of you who have like good imaginations... You can like see this guy walking around. He's got like people helping him hold up that plank. It's so huge. And yet, that is the guy who's saying to the guy with a little speck here, you know, look at you. You've got that speck. Look at you. You've got that speck in your eye. Look what you just did. What kind of an idiot are you? I love hyperbole, though. You know what? I've learned it from people in my family. I'm not going to mention any names. I've learned it from, from family members far and wide. You know, this, this factor, this hyperbole, I'm going to call it the H factor. I call it something else in the family, but it's called the H factor. It's hyperbole. It's when you say things like this, I'm doing a million things right now. Well, you're not really doing a million things. Yes, I am. But we got the idea... You know, you never take care of that. Never? I just did it yesterday. What? Then you hear the story, you know, the story goes like this, and it was like, it was so huge. And then you go, was I at the same place? I told you a million times, don't exaggerate. 
Can you picture this? I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. You know, we, we do that, and it's great. It's okay. He's not saying you can't do it. Jesus did it, right? If Jesus did it, we can do it. Woohoo! But what's the point? You know, what's the point in it? We're trying to make a point. We're trying to emphasize, say something that means something, right? And Jesus was saying, you know what? You better, better just slow down a little bit before you start thinking about somebody else. Let's have a look at yourself. And we need to judge ourselves first. That's what he says here, first. And then when we judge ourselves first, when we look, you know, discerning and critically at our, our own lives, it changes how we treat others. It'll give us a little more humility, a little more, you know, compassion and concern. Because we'll realize that, you know, well, you know, if they shine that kind of light that I'm shining on them on me, boy, it could be trouble. And I better just, you know, bright, you know, turn the, the lumens down a little bit first. John Corson said this, that, you know, this idea of a, a, a speck and some, some, say, splinter and then the plank, you know, they're kind of like the same material, right? You've got, you know, a wood splinter and a, and a wood. They're kind of made out of the same material, so they're, they're similar, right? Similar materials. And he says, that's why I can spot certain sins in other people very easily. They're my sins, he says, whatever sins you struggle with are the sins you will point out in others most readily. If you see splinters in others, realize that's a splinter off the beam that is in your own eye. When we see something, we should stop and say, wait a minute, whoa. How do, I, how do you know I don't have that same thing going in my life, but in a much huger, much larger capacity? Jesus said, though, he said, first... First, take the plank out of your own eye. First, deal with ourselves. First, deal with my own sin. First. And he says, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I think what we need to see here is that both of them need attention. The guy with the little speck, yeah, it's not good to have a speck of something in your eye. Is it, you know, you get a little speck of something in your eye. It, it's really bothersome, is it not? And you can imagine getting something really huge in your eye. It's, you know, it's like, and the eye is very sensitive, isn't it? The, 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 the eyes are very sensitive part of the body, and you get some little thing in there, and it can really cause a lot of problem. So they both need to be removed. And Jesus saying, he isn't saying here, you know, don't ever do anything about it. Just keep walking around like that. Just, do, just stay that way. No, he's saying first deal with yourself and then maybe you can help the other person maybe then you can see clearly enough because you've got this big court you know this big uh, plank in your eye and it's like you know if you have something wrong with your eye maybe you have a cataract or you have some kind of an issue on your eye and 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 you go to the doctor and you find out that he's blind and you and you're going to ask him to operate on your eye i i don't think so you, you want someone who's, who's able to see, but if, you know, for you and I, we need to stop and say, wait a minute. Before we just start blurting things out and saying things off the top of our head, first judge ourselves, examine our own lives, and then speak to others, but only 
to help. We can, we can criticize people all we want. And again, it's not wrong to be discerning, to be critical in, in that sort of a, a, a critical uh, faculty uh, that way, but, but not to condemn other people, not to put ourselves above them. So often what happens is we, we have misjudgments. How many times have you come up with a judgment and then later on found out that you were just completely off mark? You were just like wrong. Why? Because you didn't know all the facts. You didn't have all the information. You didn't really know that person like you thought you did. You didn't know all the, uh, the information of the situation like you thought you did. So often we need to slow down and stop and say, well, let's, you know, let's pray about this first. Let's try to gather maybe some information and, then, and look at ourselves first. Maybe I'm jumping off the uh, deep end here because of something in my own life that I need to deal with. We're not always impartial, are we? Jesus said in one place to, to not judge, stop judging by mere appearances. Just things aren't always just the way they look on the outside. Walk a mile in that other person's shoes. Maybe we'll have a little more compassion for them. I want to look at a couple more verses. We're going to have communion here in a, in a few minutes. Let's look at the book of James, first of all. James chapter 5, and that's closer to the uh, end. James, Peter, John, Jude, and Revelation. So like five books from the, from the end of the New Testament. James chapter 5. Again, Jesus isn't saying don't ever try to help anybody. Don't ever say anything because... Because he, he wants us to help others and we, we need to do it for the right reasons. The goal is always restoration. The goal is always for someone's good. If they're willing, if they're willing to listen. You find in the book of Matthew later in Matthew chapter 18, you know, go to somebody who's done this and, and if they'll listen, talk to them. If they don't, maybe bring someone else with you. That, that you kind of uh, a whole section there. Um, if they don't listen, then, you know, different steps you can take. Not everybody will listen, though. But look what he says here in verse 19. My brothers, chapter 5, James, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. To do something like this, we need to be discerning. We need to, to have compassion and love. And we need to be willing to step out and help somebody. Not just let them go down this path and say, well, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not supposed to judge. No, you're not supposed to uh, pass judgment on them, but you certainly need to see if they need help and, and if they need to you know, have someone help them along this path. And let's turn back now to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, just before Ephesians and Philippians. And one of these days we're going to learn the song that you know, gives you the whole books of the New Testament because you should know where they are and, and you need to. Um, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Paul says here, Brother, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Gently, he says, not, you know, in a condemning way, not in a judgmental way, in a critical way, 
but in gentleness, humility, and compassion. But look what he says, but watch yourself, watch out. He says, are you also maybe tempted? Maybe one of the reasons you can help him and understand this other person is because you kind of relate to that problem. But be careful, he says. And then he says in verse 2, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Helping to carry someone else's burdens. Not just throwing more on them. In verse 3, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. There is the same thing. First, look at ourselves. And then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. We need to carry our own loads as well as helping other people to carry their loads. Let's turn back to, back to Matthew chapter 7. The goal is restoration. Restore gently. He says, first take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That we might help one another on this path. It's not easy in this life, you know. And we need one another to help each other. I, I need brothers around me to encourage me and to help to keep me on the straight and narrow and, and, and to challenge me. And we all need people around us. We can't always see it. We're most often blinded to our own faults. We see other people's very clearly and easily. Wow, look at that guy. But we can't often see our own. So we do need one another. But, but let's not just go around and you know, uh, be you know, like fruit inspectors. And, and, you know, examining each other's lives in such a critical way and, and picking on one another. But, you know, to help one another. Care, let me carry that burden with you. You're, you have a problem there, and maybe I can help carry that burden with you to help you a little bit. But it's interesting, isn't it? We finish in verse 6 here. He says, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and, and then turn and tear you to pieces. A little bit of discernment he's talking about there, isn't he? He says, you know, some people are going to listen and some are not. Some people are going to be responsive and some are not. You can't just go on forever. Be careful what you give out. Be careful who you open up your heart to as well. Discernment. We do need to make decisions and look at situations. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we uh, again come before you, Lord, and, and pray that you would examine our hearts. Examine my heart today, Lord. We're about to partake of communion and come to the, the foot of the cross and remember the cross. And, and Lord, we are human we are fallible. We, our judgments are not always correct. Our, our discernment is not always uh, what it should be, Lord. And, and many times we are judgmental and critical of others. And we just slam other people to make ourselves look better. Lord, forgive us for that. Help us to catch our tongue before we say things we shouldn't say. Help us to examine ourselves first. Look, look for those planks in our own eyes before we 
before we look at the little tiny speck in someone else's. But Lord, may we, may we truly help and love one another in, in, in this path, on this straight and narrow path. We need help. We need one another. So Lord, we lay these things before you and as we come, we pray you again, you would, you would search our hearts and know us. Even, uh, even David said in that psalm that he, would, he, he laid his heart open before you, and, and, but then he said later that then he could go and, and teach transgressors your ways because he had dealt with those things before you first. Lord, we come first before you and, and, and pray those things in our lives as we come to the cross, Lord, you would deal with us. We take a few moments just to be quiet before you, Lord. You know us inside and out. No one else knows us like you do. Lord, prepare us, Lord. Prepare our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.